0: In Ephesians here, Paul wants to give a a view of what Christ did for us and why. It's a letter that provides us with a higher perspective, a new vision of our purpose and calling as a body of Christ and how we're to live it out. So what's happening in this time of writing? There's no specific problems to address within the church. But outside the world, in the outside world of the church, Ephesus was filled with violence and it was lethal to Christians. The challenge Paul wants to give us here was to keep believers to stay sharp and to be ready for their faith. They had to think beyond just mere survival. And if that's where you're at today, that's, op- that's okay because God wants to change that. That's, that's a, a default mechanism that brings you into a, an alignment with that you're sensitive to hear His voice for a bigger picture situation. But if we constantly live as though we are surviving as a church, we, we will always be a slave to what, immediate is giving us. Oh, well, you know what happened to me the other day. Listen, I can give you lots of things to complain about. I came back from my, the church service last Sunday. We were having people over for supper and guess what? The carburetor messed up big time and got the whole sink full of garbage. Now, my wife wanted to clean the refrigerator out, and so she was using some of the, like, let's put some of the stuff down the garburetor. Now, we've had a problem with the garburetor before. But listen, it is, it is so easy to get caught into the immediate. I was frustrated. I was frustrated highly. I did not have a snake to go down to deal with that sucker to get rid of the stuff. I used the plunger and everything starts coming back up in all different holes and it goes into the dishwasher. No snake. And guess what? The Warman Home Center's closed. But thankfully Home Depot is open. So I get in my car and it's before our company comes and I'm going, oh, this sucks. This really is not very good. I get going and I I think, you know what? I'll take Miller and I'll go down Miller because Miller will be empty of cars. There won't be anybody there. And like, I'm just driving normally a little bit over the speed limit. And guess what? I get a speeding ticket. (laughs) Now I have a now this this uh, this uh, this plug sink is now costing me a snake, whatever else I can get to fix this plus a hundred and ninety dollar speeding ticket like I'm thinking this really sucks you see the immediate will always give you a perspective that oh my, oh my, my life is in the crapper. <laughs> Paul wanted to encourage believers to do more than just hang in there. He exhorted them to walk, to live openly and according to their calling. And you can't do that without a bigger picture think, thinking. A vision of a bigger God with a bigger plan and with big designs for you. The world today is not too unlike Ephesus. Society wants to keep people in boxes and they will create more boxes just to keep you in those boxes. There are people who want what was, not what can be. There are people who seek safety in simple answers but for us here in this year of 2018 god wants us as a church to go against the flow and and get out of that rut we have to be able to break new ground and conquer the situations that we find ourselves in that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God now let's let's read and i'm going to i'm going to read from the passion translation if i can Ephesians chapter 1 Dear friends, my name is Paul and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. May God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you and impart total well-being into your lives. Our sonship and God's Father's plan is the heading in this Bible. So beginning at verse 3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. and and he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. For it was always in this perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children, through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, so that His tremendous love that cascades over us would would glorify His grace for for the same love He has for His Beloved One, Jesus, He has for us. And this unfolding plan brings Him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by His blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the castating riches of his grace. This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desire to us the hidden mystery of His long-range plan, which was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaching its climax when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. Through our union with with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny, that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. God's purpose was that we, Jews who were first, Long, to be, long for the messianic hope would be the first to believe in the anointed one and bring great praise to the glory of God and because of him when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth you believed in the wonderful news of salvation now that we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit he has given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride as the first installment of what's coming he is our hope promised of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all, until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. That is powerful. I don't know about you, but when I begin to think of this passage, There's so much packed in there for us that it it could take a number of sermons to go through. But just to let you know is, in each one of these verses, there is things we need to hold on to. Paul opens up this letter claiming that we already have been blessed in Christ and that God has given us every possible Blessing. That's hard to think or receive when we're we're wallowing in what's happening to us. You cannot think that you're getting anything great when you yourself see a plugged toilet or a plugged sink and a speeding ticket. The focus in your attention or our attention has to be in the has to take a step out and look at what God sees. Jesus is not just a vending machine here, He is the jackpot of the universe. God doesn't dispense a unique blessing whenever you pull the lever of prayer, rather, God reveals Jesus in you, and Christ is the blessing. Verse 4, He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He chose you and me before the foundation of the world. Stop and think that out loud. Say it out loud. Jesus is not a plan B for your mistakes. God was always going to include you through the miracle of the incarnation. Holy and blameless is not God settling you on a shelf like fine china. It is the evidence of being in a loving relationship with God. This happens because the work of Christ has come alive in you, not because you worked harder on your own faults and problems. Verse 5, He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of His will. What does it mean to be chosen? What does it mean to be destined for adoption? It means God always wanted you. It means that through Jesus Christ, God gets what He wants. And He wants you. We don't think that when we're thinking about ourselves and what's happening to us. Think about your own children, or if you don't have children, think about the children you want, or think about the guy across the aisle who has children. Sometimes couples get pregnant by surprise, but many times they were intentional about bringing bringing another being into the world. They dream about their baby. They pick out a name. They imagine the child's future. They prepare the baby's room. None of this is about control. They do not write a script for the child to say each and every day of his life. They don't pick up the child's daily clothes until their kid is old and gray they anticipate and they dream, and couples do this because they delight in their children, and this is why Ephesians says God did all the all this through Christ according to the good pleasures of His will. Does God predestine? everything in the universe. No. Love is willing to take a bigger risk than that. The Father dreams about your life and brings you into a new creation in Christ. And He does this because the Father believes in you. Well, how can He do that when all the things that I'm going through he does because it's not about what's happening to you. It's what he desires to do in and through you. Come on, that's good. Yeah. But we are so, we're a people of created creature comfort that we need to be the conquerors of our own problems. And quite frankly, if we continue in that role, all we get is what we think we're going to get. And even that is A stretch. Because the thing is, we don't think very highly of our own selves. Why would people really want to help me? Why would things have to go right? Oh, I'll just try harder. I'll just dig a little deeper. You see, God is willing to take a risk on you. He sees you. And he gets his hopes up. St. Thomas Aquinas explained the terminology of the fathers that Christians are the sons in the son. In the and he said this, that Christians enter the Trinity through the son and they have a certain participation in the in the filtration of the second person. There's a participation. Verse 6, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. There is so much grace flowing in and through the Trinity. Grace is how love flows through the universe. It's how love thinks and acts. The Father through Christ brings us into relationship with God and then He loves on us through the grace of the Holy Spirit. Other relationships are built on merit and personal contribution. Right? We only really care about that person for what that person can do for me. As soon as that doesn't happen, well then I gotta find something that will fit me. Honey, that's how a lot of people pick churches. <laughs> In relationships, you earn your spot. You work to keep it. But God loves you before you get your act together. And his love is gracious. God believes his love alone is powerful enough to change us. Because really that's what it's all about. It's his love that really changes us. It's not us digging a little deeper. Getting our act together or looking for someone else to meet our need it doesn't work that way <laughs> i knew it was going to get a little bit you know quiet in here but i don't know about you but you ever you ever pretend to be somebody i remember when we we were younger and uh, we went to Disneyland together, and um, we decided we would stay at the Disneyland Hotel. We're blown away that there's a fountain in the foyer that's flowing with lemonade, lemonade and all this stuff. And you know, you're you're paying an arm and a leg just for a plain room, <laughs> but the. You think, well, this is how they, you get to drive up and someone will offer to take your car. But you realize you have to pay for that. <laughs> so that they'll bring it back. <laughs> and then you get to stay at the Disneyland Hotel and then you get to enjoy the fact that when it's the last ride, you don't have to jump on some bus that's going to take you out to the parking lot and drop you off. You get to ride the monorail right to your hotel. <laughs> and there's a nice courtyard and things continue on at Disneyland even after Disneyland is closed. There's a fountain, it's, a, it's got lights to music and you can watch that if you want. But there's so much that you, we can pretend to be like until Reality hits and you realize that you don't have that view, that perspective. It's just a view. But you see, when we take God's thoughts of who we are, we make it a part of our everyday living, we can then walk in his activity. Do what he asks us to do see things that we would never see before. You see, God's heart, his activity towards us, his character, his loving, saving God, is revealed. It's revealed as we walk in the destiny that he has given to us. Church, I'm asking you to delight in your destiny. Stop getting caught in the destiny of the lower echelons of what you think life is all about. Well, it's just to make me feel good, or it's just to, you know, I, people don't appreciate me enough, or I, I, I just want to do my thing. I just got to hap- make things happen for myself because it's not happening for me. It's a lower destiny of what God has for you. Verse seven, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Grace is already redeemed and forgiven us. God is not waiting for us to own our share before he forgives and restores us. He is a merciful long before we are ready to receive his mercy. Verses 8-9, and He lavished on us. He's made known upon the mystery of His will. God is not a mystery anymore. What Christ has done, He has done to save. He's done to heal, to restore, to deliver. That was God's delight. It makes God's plans and intentions perfectly clear. God wants the, the sick to be healed. He wants the poor to be fed. He wants families to be restored. He wants broken hearts mended. We don't have to wonder about God's intentions for us. Jesus Christ is the logic of God. Jesus is the wisdom and insight in how God acts. Verse 10, as a plan for the fulfill, fullness of time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth, He introduces us to bringing everything back into one thought. God is summed up. Summed up all of creation in Christ. Jesus became what we are that He might bring us to where He Himself is. Verse 11, in Christ we have obtained an inheritance. Having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things, Our church exists to awaken a kingdom expression of family so everyone can step into their inheritance and live out their purpose. Did you hear me? As a church, we exist to awaken a kingdom expression of family so everyone can step into their inheritance and live out their purpose. And quite frankly, as a pastor, sometimes I... I sat back in a, last, in a meeting just last week and I'm thinking, this person asked, what's our church all about? How does our church work? What, what's, what's been happening? And my immediate reaction is to think how, I, how we're not doing it. And I'm thinking, what am I got to say? What am I gonna say? What am I gonna tell these people of what our church does? So that it, it felt like Because of the the awareness of what I'm going through, my awareness is then all the things that what I'm not doing to bring it to that level. And I've been there many times. I've been able to sit down and I've I've been able to fake it. I've been able to tell people maybe this, that, and the other thing. But the thing is, is that I had to really tell people what exactly is going on here. And when I began to explain what is happening here, the burden started to lift. The situation started to look different. And quite frankly, church, we have to be able to look off of ourselves and off of our own situations and look at the bigger picture of what God is exactly doing. I don't know of any churches that will go and buy a property and give someone an opportunity to get their own damaged or their own down payment for a house. I don't know any church that will do that. But this one does. You see, there's I don't there's not too many churches that are are building a a sound room in the back or a sound, whatever that place is, studio. recording studio so that we can make records. Like there's not many churches that do that. And why is it doing that? Just because we need a recording studio? No. It's not about the stuff. It's about people. That's right. yeah. And the people in this church are creative. They are writing songs and making songs for the purposes of extending God's kingdom. So you invest in that. You don't just, well, we got a recording studio. We're the best church ever. We got stuff. Well, if that's all you're getting from this place, it's not, that's not the plan. The plan is people. The expression of family. Well, that was for free, because that isn't in these notes. When you talk about family, you have to talk about, you also need to understand what the opposite of that is, and that's independence or orphan thinking. Orphans have to make something of themselves, but sons or daughters who have been adopted get to make something of the family inheritance. Did you hear me? Orphans have to make something of themselves. Adopted sons and daughters get to make something of the family inheritance. And quite frankly, that's long lasting. That lives long after me. Even if you've been a Christian for five minutes, you are not starting from scratch. You're starting with an accomplishment of Jesus. Verse 12 tells us that if Jesus has accomplished all of this, then the main point of our lives is to live as an expression of worship unto him. So how you raise your kids is an expression of worship. How you work at your job is an expression of worship. How you relax at the lake. And I hope you're doing that. You heard it first, from the pulpit even. You can relax at the lake, yes! It's an act of worship. How do you overcome when you're, sorry, I'm gonna need my glasses. How you overcome what your father once spoke over you. How you get an education when someone told you that you weren't smart enough. How you abandon yourself to Jesus by lifting your hands and singing with your broken voice. How you act with integrity when no one else is watching. How you refuse to retaliate when you're being threatened. And how you delight in God as he delights in you. This is the highest and best calling of every person who puts their hope in Jesus. Give me just few more seconds, of will view the last two verses. In Him you also, you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the Gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, you were marked with the seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit. All of this is accomplished by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. He does not arrive when you worship hard enough or when you act holy enough He accompanies you in a new way the very you believe, the very time you believe and receive Jesus. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people to the praise of His glory. The Holy Spirit is both the proof and the reminder that everything God did in Jesus is still true. The death and resurrection of Jesus summed up everything and brought bought everyone together. We do not yet see the full realization of this, but because we have the Holy Spirit, we know God's work is still underway. And when we talk about a seal, the seal was also an authority. The Holy Spirit brings the authority of God. So, what is it that, I've said a lot of things today, but I want to end with a couple of stories. There was a guy in Ottawa who decided he was so broke that he was going to rob a bank or a place. And he took his gun and got maybe Less than about maybe about five thousand dollars worth of money, uh, worth of cash. When he went to jail, they took his gun, and he got it appraised, and his gun was worth hundred thousand dollars. You see the kind of the irony about that? We get so caught up in life that we don't realize what we have. The next story I I want you to go back a few years to a movie called Castaway. How many remember that movie? Okay, the rest of you didn't raise your hands. You're either lying or you don't know Tom Hanks at all. But he's a guy who talks to a volleyball all through the movie. Wilson is his name. But there's something else that I want you to take note of, and that is, There was a package that never got opened the entire movie. When he was shipwreck- or shipwrecked, as he was plane wrecked on the, on the island and he opened up packages and there were other things in there, there was one package he never opened. And when he built a raft and got saved, got found in the shipping lanes, and it, at the end of the movie, he goes to a Midwest farm and rings the doorbell or knocks at the door and nobody answers, but he leaves a note. And he writes, thanks, this package saved my life. You see, the note revealed not what was in the box but what really was the box. It revealed the purpose for survival. And quite frankly, I think a lot of us have to understand that God is at work and wants to bring you not to just survive, he wants you to succeed. And there is a package that He has given through Jesus Christ, and He has given it to you. It's not just something that's here, there, or it's something a figment of our imagination, or something too expansive that we don't understand. He has given it to you and to I. That doesn't sound very good. To you and to me. And the desire is for us to walk in the purpose of what that package is. Church, in 2004, I spoke part of this message to bring us to an understanding of what lies ahead, and I still believe it needs to be said today. Church, we need a bigger reality an encounter with him that takes us far beyond what is happening on the horizontal what is happening to me or in me i need to focus and get a bigger perspective on what god is doing because when I see what he's doing, I'm able to stand in, in agreement with that. I'm able to fill my heart with hope. I'm able to walk in that which has been purchased. And therefore, I can see the great things of God. But when we stop seeing the great things of God, maybe it's time we get our perspective change. And we say, you know what? I need to find out, God, what you're really doing here. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to look at what isn't happening or what, or this person or that person or what's. I mean, I could say a number of things, but the problem is, is that whenever I say certain things, it's like, "Oh, you're talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about everything that could take place. The perspective, church, is that God has spoken his word, he has given his life of his son, he has blessed us with this in- incredible inheritance, and he desires for us to walk according to that destiny. Amen. And then to top it all off, then we get the prophetic word of being burning ones. And I will not, I will not sabotage that any part of either one of those things just to to pacify or to to just exist. I don't want a church that just exists. I can't take that. I need to see us walk forward in our destiny. And so it starts here and now. One of the things that I... I was talking about today, I I didn't know what to speak on, and I'll be honest, I my son and wife were talking, well, Dad, what what do you think? What honey, what do you think? And I'm going because of what I've been going through lately, I've been having a difficulty formulating my own stuff. But I knew that I could only go and give you what I've been given, and what I've been given is God. That's right. I can only give you Christ and him crucified. I can only lead you to the table and allow you to partake so that you could be walk in the destiny that he has so graciously given. I, I can't heal people from mental illness. I can't heal people from physical diseases. I can't, I can't take you to your destiny of where you need to go. I can only lead you, so to speak, to the horse trough and for you to drink. And so today is a day where I bring you to the table as a family and I say, here is God. We will partake of him. And we will walk out our destiny as a church. whether it's many or a few, I will stand before him and I will say, God, I've done what I possibly could. But one thing I do know is what's at that table is life. It saves, heals, delivers. Brings families together. forgives, and if we are ready, it will so revolutionize our family and then mushroom from this point forward.